listening to Cleveland and Beyond with Andy Bellman and Jared Watson. Brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. Hey, and we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson, and this podcast is brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. Check him out, original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com. Also, coming soon to Evergreen Podcast. Hey, nothing, nothing like a thud going into the bye week. Thrown also in, the, well, we've got election week today, tomorrow. Yeah, this is going to be fun. The Browns with a 16-6 turd. <laughs> that has left the locker room feeling frustrated along with its fans as we hold our breath to hear about whether Miles Garrett's going to be all right with his MRI. Uh, well, so hopefully maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe today. No, we're right? today. We'll get it today. Yeah, and uh, Ohio State, man, uh, they win as Fields continues to shine. Man, he, oh, he is Heisman. on his way. Heisman. He might, uh, he might be replacing Trevor Lawrence's number one overall pick. He's on that way. Now uh, there's a matchup set up for Saturday between Notre Dame and Clemson after Clemson almost got upset by Boston College. Although I will say as they went into the locker room at halftime, I I recollected myself and thought, yeah, Clemson's going to come out and fix this. And sure enough, they did. Hey, And then uh, we wrap up with more Indians being released. But first, our frustrated Five and three, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Well, good morning on the week of election week. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. And <laughs> take a bye week into this. Uh... Can, we, can we just take a moment here to absorb, you know, Andy's presence right now is about as Monday morning as you will ever see on a human being. He is yeah. the physical representation of a shitty Monday morning right now in your presence. Andy, it, go ahead. It was what the Browns performed. They had the first game. We've not had this all year, in my opinion. This was the first checkout game. I thought the Browns had a really hard time. The Pittsburgh game is more about the emotion. The Browns were ready for Pittsburgh, but they weren't ready emotionally to, to step up to the to what was Pittsburgh. And as Pittsburgh did again, God, being the Ravens, they're on their way. Um, they're probably going to – I mean, they're on their way. We'll get to them yeah. in a second, though. Let's talk about the Browns. The Browns is the first time all year I felt like they played like a team that was going into a bye week who wanted a bye week. I listened to all the post-game press conferences, and everyone kept saying, bye week is coming at a good time for us. That's And that was from Baker Mayfield. You heard that from multiple other sources, too. Um, I thought this. I thought this felt like that game from beginning to end. The drops are alarming. I'm going to get into Landry. Landry is concerning. I thought he should have made those catches, both of them in the end zone. Um, I didn't think he played good enough. He has got to play better. We need him. I know he's hurt, but without OBJ in the lineup, he has got to play well, and he's got to do better in those spots. The Browns had a a season-high five drops, and you felt all of them. The other big thing in this game, which is so demoralizing, is to watch a a team coming in from the Vegas desert and just run all over the Browns. Jacobs had a career day. The Raiders are not a team that builds on yak. The Browns had no interest in slowing them down. They got pushed around. And I've been saying this. I've been saying this as we're going to start off today. Miles Garrett is the best player on the Browns. And he wasn't healthy. And he didn't play a lot. And you felt his presence not being in the game. And it was a big part of this game. Miles Garrett, has. this is a big moment today for this season in that MRI. It's a huge moment, Jared, for this team. So, yeah, let's lead with that. Miles Garrett. Uh, <clears throat> let's hope that he's going to be okay after this bye week and come back in. What ended up happening was they thought it was just a contusion. They thought so just a bruise, but as the game went on, his knee started to bother him further. Yep. Maybe it's the cold weather. Maybe it's something else. Let's hope to God that he's going to be okay. So miles Garrett out. I, I don't know. There's nothing to that you because look, even if, even with Vernon having a, his biggest day as a Cleveland Brown yesterday, um, which I, I I will not expect any consistency for that going forward. Uh, Vernon having two sacks yesterday. I, I don't expect that next, you know, in two weeks from him. I don't expect more out of him. So the Browns, if, if Miles Garrett's out, I, I would say cooked, done. That's going to be it, folks. Now let's also jump back over to Odell Beckham Jr. not being on the field and something that we talked about prior to this game starting, which is, are the Browns better without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field? Answer, no. Yeah, no. one game in. Could there have no. been could there have been any more evidence that that is a game that is a game where Odell might have been the guy to win the game for the Browns if he was in. We can say that right now. That I mean, Miles that that, or that that Odell would have been the guy that could have won the game for him flat out if he was on the field. Let's go furthermore too. 
it definitely is hurting not seeing Nick Chubb out there. Nick we can't Chubb. we can't beat up on Kareem Hunt too much though because when you look at the numbers since Chubb has been out in those five games, when you look at the numbers, Hunt has been a top five running back rushing for more than four and a half yards per carry, 115 carries and more than 500 yards total in those five games. So I can't necessarily say that. Well, what can I say? I can't beat up on Hunt, right? I think Hunt is doing his job, but Hunt is not. Obviously, he's not as, Nick Chubb. Not, no, he's not. No, he's not he's Nick not. Chubb. There's but I guess times. my point is that's not a complaint about Hunt. Hunt is still delivering. It's just not the same level. He he is right now a great back. You bring in late in the game. He's a very important back to bring in late in the game to close oh, yeah. the game out. Nick Chubb would have taken some of those carries and would have taken to the house. Nick Chubb's presence was missed in this game. It took five games. This was the game. The Steeler game, Nick Chubb playing, it wouldn't have mattered. This was the game. Yeah. Nick Chubb plays. You could talk to me about winning this game yeah. because you felt it. You felt it in this game throughout the whole game. And I was going to bring this up right away, too. The Nick Chubb factor finally crept in for this team. Now to OBJ. OBJ would have helped out a lot. There's no question. But the bigger thing to me in this game that I am concerned now is what is going on with Jarvis Landry? These I, I, are honestly, alarming drops, Jared. I, this has got to stop. I know I, I know that it's alarming. I will say this. I don't know how beat up he is. I know he's got a broken rib. I don't know how much that's playing into it. And I disagree with you about the catch of the second one in the end zone because he took a pop to the back of the head on what could have been called a targeting penalty. But, of course, well, we're not going to get into that part yet. We'll talk about the missed calls and the, and the way that that game Reference went down, shaky. which is Reference very reminiscent shaky. of the Raiders game. Uh, that we played previously. So, you know, annoying shit that went on. But that's another reason why you can't allow these games to be in the hands of the refs like that. This is this is this is one of those games where when that happens, you're screwing yourself. You knew coming in. I knew coming in that the the, the game was going to be rough and it was going to be one in the trenches because of the wind and because of what was going on. But as the as we watch that game play out, Baker did not have a bad game. He played fine. Baker did not, did not have not a bad game. Hey, but, and Joku, make a big catch in the big spot. Now, if I wanted to get mad Joku, at any drop pass, the that's the big – but that wasn't even a big catch. Yes, it was. Well, no, no, no. My point is, no, no, no. What I'm, not, what I'm saying is he didn't have to do anything special to make that catch. No, right, right. That right. was right in his fucking chest. Just make the catch. That's what he does. Use your hands. He's trying to catch yeah. his body. What is he doing? By Why way, is he, he even on the field? I can't now. Well, see, but guys, we're, we're, we're hurt. We are now. I'm pissed. Now, now I'm look, pissed. I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna go there's nothing the that pissed me off more than that Njoku drop yesterday. If we're looking at, so I want to jump over these pro football focus numbers real quick because there are some players that, that that played that played good games, and the guys that we thought stunk, they definitely stunk. So Mac Wilson was one that that he stunk on Friday. He, on yeah, Sunday. he, he, he stunk. Ogan Joby, we knew that we by the way that the Raiders pushed up the middle all fucking game offensively, we knew Ogan Joby had a bad game. Sendeo, Sendeo always has an awful game. And don't give me because I saw, because I saw, I saw a certain Cleveland sports personality after Sendeo made one open field one-on-one tackle. Well, we're we gonna give him credit now. What do you mean give really? Really? Can we I not know. get on the defense and Deo train right I now? I After one tackle in open field, I don't want to do Sandejo. Cool. Let's, let's do this one. Let's do, let's do. Let's do. Let's do Jed Wills. Let's do Jed Wills, and and, the, like and, and he looked like a rookie. He let's do like that one. So there's a, there were a rookie. lot of guys that this falls on. A lot of guys that this falls on. Yeah. That the boss falls on, and it's not the typical what we've been used to this year. Baker not showing up. No, Baker. Look, let's get this out of the way. I'm going to go back to Landry. Mayfield did nothing wrong in this game. He made passes. He made plays. The ball fluttered a couple of times, but they fluttered for car two. Um, it was oh, not yeah, an yeah, alarming. Yeah. It was not an alarming bad day for me. And Mayfield. the play calls were good. It, it was fine. Bootlegs were there. The, again, it's on the players in this game. We'll get a little bit into Stefanski. He did one thing that was very analytical that did bite him, and it's a this, and it's the first time I'll ever go down this road. It's a coin toss. He should have taken the ball. Because if you take the wind late in this game, it would have made a big difference in this game. He did not think about the weather of this game. He didn't. I thought that was very apparent in this game to me. Because he he made some adjustments. He did some things with his play calls for sure. But when you're going into a game like that, the weather, take the ball for one reason. You can at least get the wind. 
and you can take the, I mean, you can have the win going with you in the fourth quarter in the first quarter. That was a big factor in this game. And he did not do that. He went analytical, which is what he always does. That was a mistake there. I don't want to harp on too much because it's equal possession at the end of the day, but that was a mistake there too. Now Landry, I don't agree with Jared. He's got to make that catch. And that was a legal hit. Make that catch. Be tough. Get that ball. He dropped the ball too in the end zone too. And that win for a play was bullshit. We'll get into that in a second. But, Jared, I'm worried. Landry's had drops this year. This is not the first game. I've seen this now. Now, Matt, I will agree this with This is now yes. becoming an – he's it got is. the ips a little bit. It is. He's got the ips a little bit. And, and, I, and I'm telling you, that drop, it's not an easy catch. Well, At the end of the game, make that catch. I it's think, in your hands. Bring it in. Get down. We need that score. And Parky missing kicks in the fourth quarter is going to be the problem all year. You can bank it right now. Win, no win. Then doors, outdoors. Parking in late game spot loses. But look, Landry's the heart and soul of this team. And when your heart and soul of this team's making drops, it affects the club. And I can agree Landry with that. Landry has to play better. He's not playing up to his ability. He's got to step up and play better. And Kareem Hunt's got good numbers, but he's not Nick Chubb. There was a couple of runs in that game. He couldn't get it to that next level where I thought Chubb yeah. would have. No. And, and, and the biggest thing to me in this game this defense to see Derek Carr high stepping down the sideline late in this game, effortless, making big plays, showing fist pumps. That can't happen. Can't happen. He's fucking high stepping it down the goddamn sideline. Make the tackle. Get mad. Get pissed. Start making plays. And this Sandejo, he played fine yesterday compared to his other stuff, but he still stinks. He still stinks. He yeah, made a couple good plays in this game. Sure. Yeah, I don't care about but that. but he look, but but again, like it's comparing something to where it's like, hey, like he he didn't fuck up the game. Yes, he didn't fuck up the game. So okay, so you, you give him that. But it's like, look, like to say, like, like, okay, I don't want to do the same thing. I was wasting energy, but I am alarmed by Landry. And by the way, Peoples Jones, no, no throw No Peoples Jones him. and and what one one to Hollywood Higgins. Higgins was it? No show, no show. And, and can you and and this is here's another trend, and they and they it did not burn them until this game. Time of possession and plays, the the Raiders controlled the clock, controlled the tempo, controlled the game. They controlled not so much on the defensive side, but on the offensive side. Yeah, they could have done whatever they wanted to against yeah. our defense. That yeah, we had no answers, none, zero. Talky talky stinks too. Actually, he's the guy I'm going after today. Talkie, talkie stinks. He is not good enough. He has got to start playing better in big spots. He has got to start showing some effort. You, in these games, with the weather is bad, and you're playing a West Coast team that is built in an indoor stadium in the desert, and you get pushed around. I mean, the Browns mm. got pushed, pushed around. around. And again, they, for the first time, it happens in pro sports, baseball, basketball, football. We all know it. The Browns had a checkout game. I felt like at times some of those Browns were like, I just can't wait to get to the bye week. I just can't wait to get to the bye week. You just, it has had that vibe and it had that verbiage after the game. I'm glad to hear, I'm hearing lines of people saying Denzel Ward, very frustrated after this game. Same thing from Mayfield. Same thing from Stefanski. So I, I think they know what they had here and I think they know the total team effort. But, Jared, it does not excuse it in this game. The, and, again, the, uh, kudos to Gruden. Gruden's now 5-0 against the Browns. 5-0. <laughs> he owns it. <laughs> I mean, he just does. I mean, and, and, and the other thing, too, in this game that, you know, Jared tipped on, I don't try to do, but I'm going to get on to today. Well, here, let's do this. Let's start, let's start with this, Andy. Let's take it, let's take it from Facebook because I know where you're going to lead into. Marissa McCool. I try not to complain about officiating, but I felt like, but it felt like every crucial call went their way, even on a TD that the ball was clearly moved when he it hit the ground. Somehow theirs stood and ours didn't, but they couldn't overcome all the mistakes and and the bad calls. I, I get it; the bad calls were absolutely there. There, there, there was there was there's three or four plays in this game. I thought summed it up. There was a there was a second and um, or was it third down? It was third. It was either second or third down forever. And the, they made a short screen pass, and they got all these yards back after a big sack. And I remember on that play during the game, I was like, God, that is a huge play in this game. And then later on in that game, the Winfro play in the end zone with the referee. 
you Renfro and Landry had the same thing happen and they called it two different ways. And yeah. I don't understand it. Makes and no I thought sense. the and I thought the explanation from Dean Blandano was like, I, I Dean, if they if the ball touches the turf and it touches and they and they and, and it they, wasn't that the ball just touched the turf. You could see that the ball was squeaking out, that it was loose, that it was not being point. handled. That the ball hitting the ground affected how the, he was able to re-cradle it yeah. and pull it in. That's not – no, that was bad. It was bad. It was a bad call. It was bad. bad and, and if Landry's catch is ruled incompletion, then it has to be for Infro. I thought – I saw the same thing there. I saw the same thing there. And this was the first game, too, this year, the penalty bug. They, the Browns had penalties all over the place. Which, bad face mask. Bad offside. It was right. And again, we can jump back over and say, where was the face mask uh, the, that wasn't called again on, on Kareem Hunt? Yeah. Uh, where he had his head almost ripped off. Yeah. The tackle. I mean, it was, it was, and it was, it was, a, it was on purpose. He went for mm-hmm. his head to pull him down. I know. Boy, they had a, they had a day yesterday. That guy, he was, he was something else. Um, yeah. Andy, the, the, so again, though, I, I don't think you can blame the loss on the refs overall. I think that what we did was, again, reminded ourselves what happens when you leave the game in the hands of the refs. That's what it wow. looked like. It, it is bigger than the refs. The, the Raiders in this right. game controlled the tempo, possession, and time for plays. I mean, never once, it. never one time yesterday did you feel like it was gonna it was gonna work in our favor all day. Now, here's something I did like, and I wished it. And this is something that Baker does get praised for. Those hard counts. He was getting the, the, that Raider, that Raiders defensive line was not disciplined yesterday and they were able to get the, them to jump a few times. But that was another plus in my book for Baker on the way those hard counts. Now, Baker's again, nice. even in this loss, Baker really did everything he could to get the Browns a position, meaning like I didn't see any plays that he lost the game for the team. I saw no. any moments where he the team really took a shot because of a misplay. I mean, I, I really didn't. I mean, I I'll have to watch it again, but I didn't see anything. But again, these these possessions for the Raiders. Here we go: sixteen plays, yeah, twelve plays, fifteen plays, thirteen plays. Yeah, and you're and, talking like eating like eight minutes a clock. Nine. Oh my like god, it they was. ran it down our throat. They really did. I want to get to that one play I was talking about earlier. And then the other thing too in this game, that again, like I I don't know what to say about this. Where people, I, I know people are going to be like, I I've heard some positive things. The Joe Woods experience, again, has been rough for me. Um, I don't think he's a bad coach, Jared, but I do know at certain points, like you need your defensive corner to make adjustments to get your team playing better. I don't see the Browns defense making a lot of adjustments. No. And for some reason, defensive coordinators and special teams coordinators in Cleveland at times get a, more of a pass. And I feel like this is more of a pass. Like prefer all these other guys before special teams. And right now I think same thing too, for defensive coordinator, like at certain point, if you don't have certain things and you know, you, and you know, you're going up, like, can you make adjustments, Jerry? I mean, I just feel like this defense could be doing more. And I just don't, I just don't see this team making adjustments. Right. It doesn't seem like they're not learning from their mistakes. The the approach, the approach remains the same every week. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, that's the, I, I liked Harrison's energy when he came out when he was Harrison, playing defensively yesterday. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, he got a little too excited. That was him with the face mask, wasn't it? If I remember. He got, no, it was. A, but okay, here's the play of the game I was talking about. This was late in the second quarter. It, the Browns got a great sack from Vernon, third and eighteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Short, yeah. short <laughs> screen pass on third and eighteen. They got seventeen yards. Yeah. And there are points wasn't anyone around uh-huh. the running back going yeah. towards the going towards the um yeah. the Browns end zone. Yeah. That third and eighteen, yeah. I thought summed up the Browns were up three nothing. Yeah. They had a chance in that spot to get the ball back. And Jared, I thought that third and eighteen set that the third tone. and eighteen and Njoku's drop. Oh, and those Njoku's two, drop. that's the whole that's uh, the whole game. Right uh, that's there. all game in a nutshell. And again, there was refereeing things that were bad. There were goofy things in this game. The wind was bad. The weather was bad. Yeah. Did, um, it, did it also, it looked to me, it looked to me at least in the second half, like every time the Raiders had the ball, the weather got nice, nicer. <laughs> and then every time, and every time the Browns had the ball, there was that stupid, that stupid sleet coming down again. And if I had to hear right. the, if I had to hear the announcers call out name that starts with, I can't remember what they called it, but they love saying it over and over again. It made me want to rip my hair out. Anyway. I just want to go, I'll, I'll go a step, I'll go a step further in this, in this game. The Browns looked like a team that was cold and defeated. 
And the Raiders played like a team that was triumphant and ready to take on the weather. Yep. And this is and this is a team that the Browns have fought this now for three or four regimes. And this is not new. I thought they fought it under Hugh Jackson. I thought they fought it under Freddie. And I think they're fighting it again. Yep. Analytics has got to get tougher with weather because they did not look like they were ready for this. Game <laughs> when it comes to this. Marissa on Facebook, grapple. Thank you. That was yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Marissa. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, again, like in this game and with what and with what we're seeing from the weather getting shitty, we cannot get in these games where it's like we mentally check out. And the defense is not good enough, Jared. They have to make a trade. Something has to change. I mean, does anybody want to see Taki Taki and Sandejo run out anymore on the field? I mean, is there well, no one and here's, the other, and here's the other deal. It's not fun. It's not fun going to bed last night and seeing breaking news that the Steelers are making a trade to get a linebacker from the Jets. That's always fun. That's the always Steelers fun. Steelers are going to Super Bowl. That's annoying. I know. It's fucking annoying. I can't stand it. God damn it. Oh, I know. God. Please, Kansas City, knock them off. Oh, my God. I guess the, the good news is the Ravens blow, so that's good. Um, but, but but that – I can't even do that today. I hate the Steelers, and they're so good. Um, and God, Claypool, who was amazing for Notre Dame, is going to – I knew that. I knew it. Fucking knew it. Yeah, Claypool. Um, Claypool is uh, he was so good. He's starting um, to annoy. He's starting to annoy people. There are people that want him to be humbled. That's how good he is. He's already on their radar for he, that. You know, you know when you get start getting that good that you're the target for you know other people wanting you to be you know get checked a little bit. He was an excellent player for the Irish. I knew. Yeah. I told Jared the day he got drafted. I'm like, that is going to be. He's going to be a star. Star. Yeah. Um. So yeah. you know, other things to notice in this game too, going forward for the Browns, they're five and three. Okay, let's take a step back. Let's get off the negative jumping off the bridge because yesterday was a negative lingering fog of pissy. So let's get off at five and three. Okay. They're five and three. Their next three games are the following Texans at home, Eagles at home and at Jacksonville. Okay. You would think in a normal world, three, no going into Nashville, Now Nashville is different, but okay. So you got coming, you got in this coming half for the second half of games. You got those three games and then you got the two games in Jersey. You have five wins, you would think, right? And then you got you got Tennessee, Pitt at the end of the year, and you got Baltimore. Okay. Five and three and five and three is 10 and six. I mean, Jared, they're right there. So they're good. So the one thing I'll say, taking back now, is five and three who they are? And it is probably who they are. Meaning they, in these games, they yeah. they've blown out against Steelers on the road, they got blown out by the Ravens on the road. And then they split the two games with the Colts and the Raiders. So I wouldn't even be surprised. I'll be honest. I wouldn't even be surprised. It's funny. We were talking about 12 wins last week. Now we're sitting here talking about 10. I wouldn't even be surprised if they finish nine and seven right now. Well, I would, I, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I actually think 10, six is enough. <clears throat> I would I not. Think 10 and six is the number. I would love, I would love double digits wins. Yeah, I, I, would I, love I, I think in this stretch, it would not surprise me. If they lose one of those five games I mentioned. And then they win one of those other games. They aren't supposed to win. Hmm. I think they'll win one of those games, maybe two. Uh, Nashville. Pitt, I don't think they beat Pittsburgh, but I, I think that they can beat the Ravens. I just don't know that they're going to. And the Titans is not impossible. Um, and I think they'll lose. No, I, I mean, what? Didn't Cincinnati just beat the Titans? By the way, now let's go back to memory lane. Are people ready to crap on the Bengals win? Joe Burrow's very good, yeah. and he's starting to figure it out. I will yeah. repeat this. I, I said this in the last podcast, and I meant that. Thank God the Browns don't play the Bengals again. Thank God. Is Burrow's going to only get better. Yeah. Now, we have Chubb coming back, Hooper coming back, some pieces and parts are coming back. OBJ's not coming back. Right. And now to the big story. Today, the vibe of five and three will feel good if you go, Miles Garrett's MRI came back normal. He's going to need to sit out, but if they have a bye week, he should be up and running to go by the time he played against the Texans. The MRI today is going to determine a lot on how we feel as Browns fans. Because we're seeing in this game, Miles Garrett, outside of one time where he almost strip-sacked um, Carr, wow. he didn't feel his presence. In the three losses, Miles Garrett's presence really wasn't felt. No, watch him, watch, him, watch, him, watch him limp off the field at one point. Yeah, I was watching was him bad. limp, and I'm like, yeah, this ain't good. He's not going to be. Yeah, he needs to. It was the first time. I, I think I know they weren't related with the injuries this week. 
But you got to imagine that maybe he was a little more banged up than what we thought. And again, the bye week came perfect time for him. Again, it's in professional sports, everyone has checkout games in basketball, baseball, and football. The Browns had a checkout game to me. I really thought that toward, in parts of this game, it felt like, boy, they can't wait for the bye week. They can't wait for the bye week. They just want to get out of there and get to the bye week. Now, Which I is so insane because this is a team that could have walked into the bye week six and two. I know. It, 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 happens. it, happens, in, it happens in pro sports. The Browns are really a five and three team, and it played that way out these first eight games. They and again, they get a very great pillow coming out of the bye. There are no excuses. Texans, Eagles, and Jacksonville are winnable games. Winnable games. You have a you could do a great ramp up. You if the Browns do it right, you can feel great. Eight and three going into Tennessee. That is, and Jared, that's not silly to say. They should be. I watched the Eagles. Eagles are bad. Eagles are bad. Texans are going through a total rebuilt meltdown. And Jacksonville's Jacksonville. We'll never be Jacksonville, by the way, but God fucking forbid if we do that again. But all that to be said, you should be eight and three going in Tennessee. Jared, that would be wonderful. And two of those games are against AFC opponents. You're set up very nicely going into the second half and to play the Ravens and the Steelers at home, not easy, but here's why I love Jared in between. You get two games in New York. Um, do I haven't heard much. I mean, we've heard a little, but I haven't heard much trade deadline tomorrow. Nothing. Are, from the are they going to do anything? I've heard about Vernon being traded. Um, but other than that, <laughs> I've heard nothing. I, the Browns to me, Here's the only thing I will say because I, Jared's right. You, you watch things. Baltimore's making trade. They made trade. Steelers are making trades. Now, Steelers to me are very different because they need to make trades because this is it. Ben Roethlisberger, you may not yeah, get this, Yeah, right. right, exactly. This is it. I mean, I totally get the Pittsburgh stance. They're all in. Mm-hmm. You got Fitzpatrick. You got players in. They're, they're about two years away from a rebuild. So even with Claypool, I mean, there's. This is it. I mean, they have to go in there and win the game and win the championships and do the things they have to do. Are the Browns there yet? Well, no, we're not naive. No, but it would be nice on this defense seeing what we've seen to make a trade. I mean, if you are comfortable outside of miles Garrett and finally, okay. And he's still good. Denzel Ward eh, played okay. And he kind of admitted after game did not have one of his best games. Um, But outside those two players and here, I do like Harrison. I guess I gotta state that I do like Harrison. Yeah. I, I do enjoy his play on the field, um, and, and I, I do. And I've been not, and I've been nothing but disappointed since uh, Mac Wilson's come back on the field, though. Too. He's had a Mac Wilson, Greedy Williams injuries have played a part, but they have had a they've had a um, a less than stellar sophomore season. Yeah, and again, their injuries have played a big part of it, um, but. They have a long ways to go. Mac Wilson, I'm not as worried about. I can't explain it. Talky, talky, I'm really worried about. Jared, he got called out by Spielman that game. Talky, talky's not good. Yeah. Spielman called him out, and I was like, thank God. He, this is what I've been saying, too. Guy's not good. And Larry Ogunjobi had a couple of good games early, has not played well since. Larry's not playing well. And again, in that situation, it just uh, – you could tell it was a team that's yeah. ready for the bye week. It just made plays in that game that like that just felt like their team out. They looked tired. They Again, looked tired and ragged. Five drops in that game. Uh, yeah. did, it, that, that ties them. That's their second five drop game of the season. They did the same thing against the Chargers. Um, in eighteen. In eighteen. In so eighteen. Here, thank here, you. Two years yeah. ago. It's their it's their season high this year. They have yeah. not done it in two years. But the the drops were alarming. And again. People, Jared, I can understand why people are saying that. I think Landry needs to make both those catches in the end zone. Sorry. Sorry. He's not playing well. He's got the ips to me. I hope this bye week. I think they're two separate issues. I don't think that that second catch, I think the first one, absolutely. I'm not worried about the second catch. The second catch does not worry. No, and it's debatable. I know that. I'm saying. And I will say that the other issue is, does he have the ips? Yeah, I think he does have the ips. I think he has the ips. But I also think he's hurt. So, um, all right. Well, here's the deal: five and three, <laughs> going to the bye week. You know, chill out, regroup, do something with defense. Maybe make Please. a trade by tomorrow. I don't fucking know. Just do something that makes me happy. 
do something Browns that makes me happy before we walk out here after the bye week. Show me that we're ready to play. Get us to eight and three so that I can say, okay, here we go. Let's make a run at this. Let's make a run at this. Have a little fun. By the way, yeah, by the way, I want to applaud Philip because we've been very negative today. Great analysis. Thank you. I'd like to uh, just thank our great sponsors of Piss and Vinegar for, for helping out today on the show. Um, <laughs> as, as we have been filled with it today. Um, thanks to EJ, too. Let's say good morning, gentlemen. Bleeding brown orange this morning. Sulking in the loss of sorrows. I, here's what, and, and to what Jared just said, and I do want to put, I do want to wrap this up in a bye week bow because it is exactly the halfway point. And we will do more of this on the Monday show following. Five and three is probably what this team really is. And your record is what your record is. And if I gave a truth pill, could have won that game, sure. But look, look, the Browns are five and three, and it feels like a five and three game. It really feels like a five and three team. It, it, it does. And they, by the way, a five and three team is a hell of a lot better no, than, I don't know, an 0 and 16 team. Three, three and five last year. Even three and five. Yeah. It just is. And three and five is yeah. what I expected them to be here at this point. Yeah. I know I've beat that dead horse and they're yeah. not, they're five no. and three. No, they're it's five much and three better. With Andy, I mean, the team, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. They're, they, they've got a chance to, to get into playoffs. Now they're, they're uh, according to ESPN, I believe their, their uh, odds of making the playoffs has dropped down into the 50% area uh, now right. from the last, from the last time around, I think they were closer to like 60, 70, 80%. When you lose like the Raiders and the Raiders are in the playoff hunt. And by the way, the dolphins are four and three too. So now it's a, it's a three team race. If you don't, yeah. if you figure that the Ravens and Steelers are both making the playoffs, it's a three-team race for four. It's a four-team race for three slots: Colts, Dolphins, Raiders, Browns. And the Browns have one up on the Colts. They lost to the Raiders. Obviously, yeah. they don't play the Dolphins. So you have a, you have a good four. You have a good four-team race here for three slots. Again, I will say this: the percentages are about right. But I've done this forever. If you win those three games coming out of the break, those percentages will go right back up to seven. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it'll be okay. Like this is, here's the one good thing I will say. The Browns are actually afforded to lose this game because you're not hearing this from today. Devastating. Think the season's over. Right. Playoff broken dreams. No, that's None of that's true because you know why you beat the Colts. That Colts win has a lot. How of beautiful life. is it, Andy, that we are heading into a bye week and not and coming out of the bye week, we will still be in the playoff hunt. When is the last? That, that, again, when, right. when have the Browns been? Right. When have the Browns been in the playoff hunt after eight games? No, it's true. And again, the two wins to me, <clears throat> three Dallas win because that's when Dallas was still good with Zed Dak, but the win against the Colts and the win in Cincy. Those games have legs yep. and it affords you and you can actually take in a bad loss like this to the Raiders because in normal years, you'd hear this playoff hopes seem to be dashing worrisome about what's ahead. It just seems daunting. They're going to need a lot of luck. I'm not saying any of that today. None of it. You actually have a good roadmap to make the playoffs. And again, you can lose one of those five games where I think you should be heavy favorites to win. And if you beat either the Titans, the Ravens, or the Steelers, which sounds daunting, it's possible. So, Jared, they have some pad. The Browns, because of their good wins, have built themselves some pad. This loss is not devastating. And again, in previous years, go to the prop, go to the podcast. Devastating, doesn't look good. Um, playoff dream sliding. You're not hearing that today. And it is very exciting. It does hinge, though, on one MRI report happening today. That will change everything. Yes. And if there is my expectations for the rest of the season will absolutely change. They hinge on this report. Uh, MRI MRI. It's really important. We are taking the week off. We're going to replay the um, the uh, the report from Mandy Bell. But I just want to state this to the fans. If there is an MRI report and it comes back shockingly bad, we will probably do a surprise podcast real quickly tonight. Yeah, we'll we'll jump back on and do we'll something. jump back on. But 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 this is the kind of wrap it up. Now look outside the MRI report, the positives. Nick Chubb's coming back. You felt his presence. I I don't think we've hit this hard enough. This was the first game I felt midway through the second quarter. Mike kind of miss Nick Chubb, don't we? Kind of miss Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and again, again, I think it was a real quick reminder too. a real it, this was a real smack in the face uh, to all those voices that were saying that the Browns will be better without Odell, because this also Boy, felt like a game where something spe- something to spark a little bit of a uh, fire in their asses 
would have been nice and it probably would have been something they could have done with Odell and that just wasn't wasn't there not available hey um Andy was a little pissed off about uh about things that he was reading about Ohio State oh yes yeah I want to transition to that game because I watched the game and I've heard complaints about uh the ohio state at running back and that they're (laughs) and i don't under i mean like i don't know where the real problem is yet with running back i mean they're still averaging almost 500 yards a game offensively uh justin fields 28 to 34 for 318 yards and four touchdown passes played Uh, like what are you and and garrett wilson with one one run you know one rush with a 62 yard run right what are we what are we what are we really going to complain about ohio state in Penn State, in a game where Penn State, you know, they're going to show up for that primetime game. Of course, of course. And they walk away 38 to 25 winners. Never, where never, we're down. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Never, never a doubt. doubt. Even less of a doubt than watching the first half of the Nebraska game. So, I mean, like, what is the deal? What is no, that? I don't, I, I, Ohio I, State is is exactly where they need to be right now. 2-0. I, Keep winning, finish eight and zero, and go go into those playoffs. That's there's it. two. There's two things, and for people to remember, mind I'm not a Buckeye guy, uh, but but I watch all the games. Here's the two things that always bother me about things like this. One, Justin Fields right now is playing on a level where he is marching to the Heisman and yeah. marching towards history books. He's playing. He actually reminds me of Burrow last year in that game again on Saturday. He's hundred yard receivers yesterday. With Wilson and Olave. He is playing. And Olave, they both look Wilson and Olave look. Wilson looks good. He's gonna be a star. He's gonna be a star. He's gonna be a star. It's it's and I love Olave, but I think Wilson's better. You're I I can I can I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But thus far, yeah, it's I want to lead off there. Like the reason why I said in this game. Um, real quickly, well, let's go to B boy here, and then we're gonna go back to the, go back to this. I'm back, Raiders fan here. It was a close game, a lot of draws both sides. Good luck going forward, B boy. Thank you so much, boy. Positivity from the Pirates fans that was really nice. And B boy, we oh, love you. I didn't hear what you said, and you just called him a Pirates fan. A Pirates fan, he is. The Raiders are Pirates. Oh, Pirates I gotcha. <laughs> I wasn't even. Dig. I didn't know if you B-boy. said that on purpose. I'm, B-boy. I'm not B boy, it's a little dig. It's a little dig on something we don't have to dig on because I, would, I do. I have a good friend who's a great Raiders fan, and I respect the Raiders a lot. But it's annoying losing the Raiders all the time. Um, the drops are a big part of this game. Back to the Buckeyes. B boy, thank you. Keep watching. Tell your friends. We'll talk about the Raiders for thirty seconds, maybe podcast, maybe, maybe. I'll say Raiders. Don't no, count don't on it. The one thing I saw in a lot of the headlines, though, was the people talk about the rushing game, which I'll get to in a second, and the defense. And I thought the one thing in this game that I thought really was, you know, you could see it. I agree with Jared. I thought Penn State played that one wide receiver killed the Bucks, But that's going to happen in games like this. But people got to remember, and I, I heard a lot of applauding, like, boy, the defense did a great job against the run. Penn State's top two running backs are out. To say you did anything against the Penn State running game, I would really pump the brakes on that. Oh, pump yeah, the brakes. no, no, Penn State's no. really banged up on the running back. Right. I just, no, I, I but you're right, that. though, too. And Dotson, Dotson had a hell of a day. He almost had 150 yards. Yeah, I mean, I just – I just Dotson looked good. Dotson's yeah. very good. Um, but but I just thought it's funny. Like they did a nice job against the run. I'm like, Penn State didn't have a running game. Their top two running backs are out. Journey Brown's out. I mean, he's going to be. He's supposed to be a first round stud in some people's draft expectations next year. Okay, so I always laugh at stuff like this. Like, well, we thought the run defense was good. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay, that's a given. I mean, Penn State, right. doesn't, have, Penn State doesn't have a right. running game. And then the one thing, too, the passing game, people are like, oh, my gosh, I just don't – I think – I forget the guy who got picked on for the Buckeyes. I apologize. But he got picked on consistently throughout the game. And people are really getting down on him. I'm like, look, you got to understand, in college football, it is so different from the pros at times. And Penn State just is – they're running different schemes and everything else. Don't freak – I just thought the Buckeye fans – we're a little all over the place on their defense. I, I Jonathan Cooper, I see big praise from him. I thought he played a nice game. I don't – he didn't light up the Well, TV I mean, I, 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 I think know. it's – part of it is, you know, defensively for the Buckeyes, I, I don't see anyone jumping off the screen. There's nobody – they don't have they don't have any real pass rush that we're seeing. You know, it's just – that you know, there are certain things that we're used to seeing 
you know, an elite player on that side of the ball that they just don't seem to have right now. No. And um, B-Boy, our favorite Pirates fan coming back in. We will gladly take Denzel Ward off your hands. No. Not mm-hmm. happening. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Denzel, Denzel's no, no, the no. one guy on defense that ain't hey, going Brian anywhere B-boy, besides Miles Garrett. Going on with 24 for the Raiders. What was up his butt getting so mad at Kareem Hunt throughout the game? Abrams? Man, yeah, that guy I, was – Yeah. I was not happy about it. Uh, no. I think he's being kind of a douchebag, but there's no. probably a backstory I don't no. know about. So no. there's probably something more to that. Maybe it's something to do with Kansas City when he's playing with um, when Hunt was, Hunt was playing with the Chiefs. But anyways, back to this game. I just thought that was misrepresented here because <laughs> I thought the offense was the story of this game, and I didn't see that being the lead story in some of these write-ups. It's like the right. lead story is Justin Fields. Yeah, you got to start writing about this. This is yeah. historical. Don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. No, I mean Justin Fields is such a star. And these wide receivers are such a star. Don't get wrapped up into like, uh, you know, Teague and Sermon and what they do on. Not that's not the write up today. And again, now let's go to the running game on offense. Back to the Buckeyes offense. I thought it played better. I thought they had a better day. Penn State does have a good D line, so it's not something to take for granted. I thought it looked better. They remind me of what the Irish are dealing with right now. I think the Irish running game and Buckeye running game are parallel similar. Good, no home run hitting. I just don't see a home run hitter for the Irish. I don't right. see a home run hitter for the Buckeyes. I genuinely am surprised that Master Teague has not become the home run hitter yeah, like I thought bad. he was going to. I, know. I really thought he was going to pick up right where J.K. left off. Yeah. Again, early in the season, it's early. Can change, so we will see what happens. But he just does not. He looks, again, he looks like he put on weight. He put on mass in the offseason, it looks like at least. Um, he looks like a tough back. He looks the part. I want to see a little bit more uh, explosively. I want to see the home run hitting. If it, that'll happen, great. If not, it's okay because Justin Fields can throw the fucking ball, and you've got two elite college receivers right now. The, two. The, this, the, if this continues two more games, I'm going to start going down the LSU comparison. Because what I'm seeing from Ohio State reminds me of LSU last year. It is that good. They had so many grinding third downs, and Jared, they made him look effortless in this game. Yep. Effortless. They were just making passes, making plays. But again, as expected, Ohio State did what they were supposed to do. Um, I just and- thought it got, the win got kind of shit on. I, did, I just, I was really, I, I was reading these write ups. I'm like, boy, we're, we're championing and getting worried about running games. I mean, what? Like the story of this game. Well, part of it is because they're so used to years past. I mean, that really is. This is this is a this is a different looking offense compared to compared to years past. We are so used to uh, having that running game mixed in, if not more. You know, include and more running out of the quarterback. All those things. So, B boy, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm not a Buckeye homer, and I'm telling you, I think right now. Fields reminds me last year of what I saw from Burrow. I, I, I just I, – I'm seeing things in this game where Fields knows in a big spot he can give make big plays. In that Penn yeah. State game, there were several moments where that game could have turned, but it never felt that way. And he was making passes and plays and with his arm that just worked effortless. And that's what I saw last year from Burrow and LSU. I did. I mean, that's what I saw. Like there were there were two or three moments in the third quarter, fourth quarter, where it's like, boy, it's a big third down, and he just made the plays every time to keep the sticks moving. So I do think it's a fair comparison. I do. I think I think LSU Ohio State just on the passing side, the passing right. side, very specific. Well, You're being specific. I, I, I really think there's a fair comparison. Watch the tape. Last year, bro, did, by the way, he's doing the same thing now for the bit. God, is that guy good? So fucking annoying. He's playing for Cincinnati. But all that to be said, I'm seeing the same thing here. And I do think this is special. And I just see too many write-ups about the Buckeyes right now that's going into different – and this is what used to bother me as a non-fan in Columbus growing up. It's like you're missing the big point. The big point here is not, oh, you're seeing some things on defense that aren't so great. Oh, okay, Teague and Sermon aren't doing what you would like to see in a home run hitting team. Okay, fine. But you have – a player right now who is playing on an elite historical level two games. Now it's only two games in, but he's playing out of Jared two games in. It isn't like they played Texas, you know, A&M South and they played Bethune Cookman. I mean, this is Nebraska and Penn state legitimate competition. You can make comparisons now. 
I just think it's a, if I were you, I would be very excited about what. Yeah, I am. I am. I absolutely am. I think yeah. I've got a couple of friends who fall into that same category about worrying about the running game. And I'm just not not worried no. about it I, again. Like it, everything can't be perfect. And again, the Irish, here's the OK, here's OK, here we go. Let's do the Irish comparison in a good way for the Buckeye fans. That's the difference between Ohio State and Notre Dame. Book is good, but he can't do what Fields is doing. He can't do it. They don't have the wide receivers like a Wilson or an Alave. They just don't. Now, last year they did in Claypool. They don't right now. And it's just the biggest difference between those two clubs. And yet, Notre Dame and Ohio State are ranked comparable. But if you ask me and gave me a truth belt, it's like, what would happen if Ohio State and Notre Dame played? I say probably Notre Dame loses by two or three touchdowns. Let's uh, let's move over to that one then. Uh, watching Clemson and BC last week uh, had a lot of us early on thinking, "Wow, Clemson looks." <laughs> Some I read the comments that were kind of funny on Twitter, which is uh, Clemson's defense really misses Trevor Lawrence right now. That was one of my favorites that came out on Saturday because it basically Clemson's defense didn't look like it showed up during the first half of that game. The Tessator uh, move under center to get them to jump off sides, and then that amazing touchdown catch in the end zone that was bobbled and then caught by uh, by BC. Uh, the game looked like Boston College was going to run away with it, and then halftime. They come yeah. back out, Clemson's regrouped, and it's a reminder. It's a reminder of, A, how good Clemson is, and, B, how those leads are not ever anything to just settle into after the half. You have to protect. You have to still remain aggressive against teams like like Clemson, if you think you're, and, and it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't their day. It wasn't their day. And you knew you had a feeling it would flip. If you didn't have a yeah. feeling it would flip, then you haven't watched Clemson. No, um, um, so. you, really, you really saw Sweeney and I'll, I'll be honest with you. ATN does not get enough credit. ATN is yeah. running back. Woo. He's very, very good. Yeah. That was one of those. Um, all right, fellas. See you. Good luck the rest of the way. B boy, B boy, you keep coming back, brother. Um, but going back to Clemson for a second, um, here's the good news for Irish fans like myself. I actually think the Irish have a chance in this game. And yes, it's because Trevor Lawrence is out. Let's not be naive. Okay. I think that makes a big difference in this game. The Irish actually play enough defense where they can give some problems to Clemson. The only thing in this game that Jared hit upon that makes me really curious is Brian Kelly in these spots has not usually done a nice job of going up to the level of a Dabo Sweeney or put in said coach. Okay. And this is one of those moments he has to. Sweeney does a great job of preparing, and he is one of the better college in-game coaches I've seen in a long mm-hmm. time. He can make adjust. He makes mm-hmm. real adjustments in the game mm-hmm. and knows how to do things to players to get them motivated to do certain things on the field. And ben- and Venerables is not getting enough credit. That defense had some issues, not not big things, but some issues, and they did a nice job of slowing Boston College down late to get enough points and get them in position to win. This game on Saturday is a huge game for Brian Kelly and the Irish. That's obvious, right? But here's why. Because the Trevor Lawrence factor, there's going to be fans like myself and others who believe Notre Dame has a chance to win that game. You cannot take a 30-point blowout. You cannot have one of these losses again where you do things. And it's like, well, you know, the Irish had a good chance, but, you know, they're just not good enough. Well, with Lawrence out, Jared, it's an equal playing field to me. And I still think the Tigers are going to win. I hope I change my mind by Saturday. But if I'm being truthful, still think the Tigers are going to win. Yeah. And it's bothersome to say that because I seen what that kid who came on, he put, did it. He played well, did a nice job. And Travis Etienne is a star. He is the one thing that the Irish and Buckeyes don't have. He is a star running back and a bell cow. He is a very, very good player. And you took the words right out of my mouth because that's exactly what I was thinking was that kid. I mean, that just. That's a difference that makes up. And yeah, that's a difference. And that's, that helps them out tremendously regarding the fact that Trevor Lawrence is out. Yeah. It it makes a big difference. The Irish do play defense, which is a anomaly in both NFL and college football. So they do play defense. That's going to help. I think it's also going to help this game's in the North. It's going to be colder weather that should help out the Irish in this game. But Clemson has battled through so many things. And let's just be honest, the pandemic effect is in, too, for the Irish. It's not going to be a big crowd. 
you're not going to see the normal tailgating you'd see. If this was a normal season, you would be seeing fans like myself getting yippy and ready to go. You could feel the electricity called game days coming to South Bend. You could feel that zippiness in the air. That plays a factor in this game like this because that helps Clemson. That zippiness, that nerd name spirit and magic. Jared, I don't know if you're going to feel that same you know, charisma as you normally would on a normal Saturday. If, if it was a normal Saturday with everything else that's going on and the stadium was filled, whew, call me back. I, I could whip up a good yeah. Notre Dame scenario winning. I think those things play a big role in this game. The, the key in this game to me is can, uh, can Book play not to what Fields is doing, but can he play better than what he has been doing? And so far, Jared, I, if you give me truthfulness, says I don't think that answer is yes. He just has never been able to get over that hump. I've never been able to take the team to the next level. So we'll have to see. It's a fascinating game. The other game to watch too. And then we're going to get to mighty Michigan. Um, the other, the, the other, we're going to get to Michigan. Um, the other game too to watch is Georgia, Florida. Uh, Coach Meyer has been talking about this week saying, this is the fourth game, meaning the fourth team, sorry. Meaning he thinks this is the game that determines who's that fourth team in the playoff. It is a huge game. Florida got into a interesting uh, little brouhaha with the Missouri Tigers on Saturday night, which I thought sparked some interest. Trask is a very good quarterback. And this is a great matchup for one perspective. Georgia is defensive first. They have a good offense, but they're very, very – Kirby Smart's defensive guy. They are very defensive first against trial Kyle Trask and the just explosive Florida offense. Wonderful, wonderful matchup. Great college football weekend coming up. I know it's not the Buckeyes, but both games are big, juicy games. And – One's at 3.30 and one's at 7.30. So you don't have to fucking worry about which game you're going to watch. And obviously it's great because one of my teams are playing in it. And by the way, before we get to Michigan, how about them tricky Boilermakers? I was going to say it if you were. I was going to bring it up. Boilermakers winning a game um, without, still without their best player, Rondell Moore. He still hasn't played yet. Purdue just surviving, surviving, surviving. And don't forget about Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin plays Purdue this week. It'd be interesting to see if they get that game off of COVID on Madison. Now, to Michigan. I made a big – I needed to wash my mouth out with soap. I need to brush my teeth. That loss could be the beginning of the end for, for Khaki. You're not the only one to think that. I thought that was a I'm damn, not the only one with you to think loss. that. There's a lot of folks out there that are saying that – is the beginning of him packing his bags at the end of the season. That was a damning loss. Damning. And loss. I will say this too. I will remind everyone. There has been zero reason. Zero reason in the Harbaugh era for that team up north to believe that this season was going to be any different than every other disappointing season that you have had since he has been there. I said it before the season started when Andy was telling me, you got to be worried a little bit about that Michigan team. Well, I, I don't think, I don't think I've been given any reason, any reason in the Harbaugh era to worry about that team. No. And once again, once again, they do what they do best and they disappoint. They get the hype and then they disappoint because Sparty, Sparty, you, you got to love. I mean, you, that, that was just, I mean, it just. That was as bad as it gets. That was as bad as it gets. Shem Beckler, Fielding Yost are, are drinking Boilermakers on Saturday night. Piss off. I mean, it was that. I've seen a lot of things come through Ann Arbor. I've seen some moments. That for a guy who came in with so much hype as deserved with so much expectations as deserved. It's as low as you can go in an Arbor after that loss that he, there's only one thing that can save this. And that's a win against Ohio state. And it ain't happening. It ain't happening. I mean, I I don't have, there are, again, I, you hate, to say things like this because they're so polarizing, but I'm there. Harbaugh is at the beginning of the end of his career in Michigan. Yeah. I don't think he's coming back next year. No. It's not working out. No. It's not working out. You cannot lose that game. No. 
cannot lose that game the way they did. Michigan State was in control from beginning to end. They were running out the clock. What the fuck are you feeling if you're a Michigan fan today? I don't know. I have to worry about that. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're a Wolverine fan. Get excited about basketball. You just. We'll talk about that. That little preview in college basketball. Um, but boy, Jared. Hey, by the way, Marissa McCool, I know. What the hell's going on with the Gophers? They lose at Maryland on an extra point. Gophers are 0 2. PJ Flex going to save the world. I thought. I thought. Good win for Herman against Oklahoma State, too. I want to throw in that real quick, too. Anyways, good job for the Boilermakers, Irish, and your Buckeyes. Hey, uh, and as we talked about and leading into the the next episode after this one where uh, we're going to air our conversation with Mandy Bell, Indians beat reporter, uh, MLB.com. Um, we're right on we're right on target with everything that we were kind of expecting. The uh, The moves are being made by the Indians, and those moves are just being – basically, they're not moves. Um, they're declining options for Santana Hand and Domingo Santana. No surprises here, Andy. This is what we thought was going to happen. We we expected these these uh, the payroll cuts, the um, the changes to to begin, and that's exactly what's happening. It's playing out exactly like we thought. Yeah, Domingo Santana's a throwaway. That's just that's just the there. Right. That's a natural transition that's happening. That's the only reason why it's getting mentioned. But okay, see you, Sayonara. Um, Brad Hand again. Um, good guy. Good dude does a lot of good things for the community, but just for whatever reason, after the All Star break in nineteen, it's just not really been the same zippiness. Um, do you want him on your team? Yeah, but not for ten million bucks. Um, he's a good player, just not great. And and for a closer to get paid elite money, you need to be elite. He's not elite, so time to say goodbye. Um, they should have made a trade for him in nineteen. I said it on the podcast. I oh yeah, way. and um, that was a miss by the by the Indians. Um, it was too bad. Uh, the bigger loss here, though, is Santana Carlos. Um, cause I love Carlos Santana. Yeah, um, he's been actually one of my players that doesn't get talked enough in my fandom. Um, love his hustle. He yeah. really struggled at first base when he first came up with the Indians, and he put in the time, he put in the effort to make sure he could improve in first base. And honestly, he at times has really been one of the defensive stalwarts on this team. Uh, he mm-hmm. really does a nice job with his glove. And that was not how he came up. He struggled at first base. And for him to put in the time and the effort into that just tells you everything you need to know about Carlos Santana. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of Jason Kipnis. It would not surprise me if Santana went on to a contender and had a nice, decent year with a playoff run. Um, it's just not to be here in Cleveland. Um, it doesn't make sense. You got Bobby Bradley. It's just a money thing. Um, it has nothing to do with Carlos. I think in a normal year, Carlos might be debated on coming back. But the money situation, it's just, it was a given. It was just too much yep. money. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say though, again, his, uh, I love his vibe. I love his presence. Um, I thought his all-star year in 19 was so much fun. Um, I'm a big champion of him. Um, I think I remember him with positiveness. Um, I know he did not play well last year. He just didn't have the same year. It wasn't even close comparison. Doesn't right. mean he wasn't a good Indian. Um, he had some wonderful years with his team and then playoff years too. And I just want to give him his proper shout out. I love Carlos Santana. It was the right move. It doesn't mean you feel good about it. I was saddened by that move, to be honest, Jared. I felt sad. I, I don't – you got to do it. I would do the same thing. Well, it's, I mean, we've had a habit of this. This is – I mean, Kipnis, <laughs> Kipnis went the same way. Yeah, uh, same thing. It, it, it was time to, to part ways. Is all, yeah, all that was the right move here. The right move there. You're right. Yeah. Matt, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's so, the same thing. It, it's going to be interesting, you know, real quickly on two of the other teams. Um with the Indians, there's obviously going to be more moves coming. You get the feeling, um, at least, at least with the Indians, it's with baseball. With if you hope with the vaccine, it might be more of a normal off season going into 2021. But obviously, with the economics of the sport and the economics of the Indians, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of high price moves coming in and out. Not the Indians never do, but I think that's kind of a given. Um, and, and I think the other big thing here too with the Indians is. I think this is the transition we were talking with Mandy Bell. People need to go listen to it, listen to it. I think the transition's starting now. Well, there's a lot of guys. If you're interested, look, if you can put up with the pain of what we're going to see next year with the Indians, the fun of it that we're going to get out of this, 
is seeing some of these younger guys and whether they can develop, whether they are going to turn out and pan out to be what we hope them to be. They're going to be guys that are going to be forced to play. Yep. They're going to have games. So, I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, let's just, let's, hey, let's just let's let's throw them out there, throw them out there into the deep end and let's see if they can swim. That's what we got to do. The, the Allen, that, that all star. I mean, you're going to see I mean, you're going to see those players too coming up from the Padres who we, we don't know their names yet are going to be playing in the end. Yeah. Got to figure, you know, figure out different positions that are that are going to work out. I know that they really want to move uh, what uh, Mandy we had talked about moving Ramirez the third. Uh, we're gonna have to see what they do a catcher. There's there's the outfield, of course, is absolutely it, it was more of a mess than we expected this season. So that's the still ultimate, up in the air. There's the, ult, the ultimate deck shuffle, and I, and let's let's not bury the lead here too. I mean, Franklin Lindor being on his team, I I don't think is gonna play. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. And I think I'm, it's already for me, it's a it's a foregone conclusion. Foregone I'm already I'm, I don't even talk about him because I just assume it's uh, going to be a new on. it's going to be a new team name, a new team feel. Yeah, with I'm going to get a new tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> with very good pitching, with very, very good pitching. I mean, that's where the Indians, if you have hope as a fan, it's like they're going to be good because you got Shane Bieber. Please, Zach Carrasco. McKenzie. Well, yeah, it's fine. And again, the let's remind there. folks, you average three runs a game. The team's going to probably win some games. The Indians are going to be right there. And if they, there's a lot of debate about expanding the playoffs, which I'm a fan of. I think baseball needs to expand the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's going to happen. I think, that, I think they need to expand the playoffs and shorten the season. Uh-huh. Well, I love the format. I love the three, five, seven, seven format. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I want more. Yeah, the of that. three the three game series are fun. I loved it. Loved as long it. as you're not an Indians fan watching. <laughs> Can we play the Twins or the A's? Or you know, God, that's the teams I wanted to avoid, but maybe not. But um, all to be said, um, it, the, the changes are coming. I think the Lindor rumors, Jared, are going to really heat up after the election coming and going. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to start to hear more of that from Lindor. Uh, these next few days are all about the election, but I think once that passes, with the Browns having an off week, don't be surprised the Lindor rumors start heating up. It's, hey, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and beyond on Twitter at CLE and beyond. Shoot us an email, Andy and Jared at gmail.com. J A R I D. Check us out on the web, Cleveland uh, and beyond.net. Uh, we are brought to you by waiting for next year, original Cleveland sports reporting at waiting for next year.com and soon to be announced officially with evergreen. Podcast. There's a, Big announcement happening with Instagram, which we'll be going through. We'll probably have to do some sort of special show, then a special announcement. Be on the lookout for that. Again, um, there's no show this week because the Browns having an off week. Um, don't be surprised if I pop up or Jared pops up here and do videos. I'll probably do something going into the Notre Dame Clemson games. I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll do set the edge with Holly and I on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back full boat on Monday which uh, it's a whole, we'll have to get it. We'll have to explain to fans. It's a whole new thing. It's going to be exciting and it's going to be very, very cool. Matt, uh, I, I want to say brocious. So if I don't. Yeah, that's brocious. You got it. That's, that's Matt brocious, brother. Yesterday was rough. At least my, my carries fully to fry some Merry Christmas, everyone. Look, I, I, I'm going to end on the realistic future. The Browns are five and three and they are a five and three team. They play like a five and three team. They got drilled by the Ravens and Steelers. They split the Colts and Raiders, which those two teams are in the playoff on with the Browns, and they won the rest. That's all you can ask. I mean, that, that's about right. Five and three is probably about right. Um, we're talking about it. I think 10 and six is where this team's heading. I just do. Um, you, you can feel it. It just feels that way. And 10 and six should get them in the playoffs. So it's good stuff. You just hope the MRI goes okay today. I can't stress that enough. That MRI is important today with Mosby. He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson. Can uh, Andrew Barry surprise me? Can can I have a nice little surprise before tomorrow? Nice little surprise. Is the 85 Bears available? Oh, maybe. Take a Dan Hampton right now. Mike Sims there. Right. Little Super Bowl shuffle. The Ridge. Richard Dent. God. <laughs> <sighs> By the way, how about, let's just give, like, I'm just going to do this too. Five right? and three is good. I'm happy. Uh, with I'm, I'm actually going to do this just to rank my partner. And let's give Sandejo a great shout. He made two or three great tackles in the game. All right. Talk soon, everybody. <laughs> How about that, Sandejo? <laughs> Got people on Twitter trying to, I can't deal with that. He knows who he is. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Go Irish. Cleveland and beyond with Andy and Jared is a part of Evergreen Podcast. You 
can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and beyond on Twitter at CLE and beyond or shoot them an email at Andy and Jared at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the website clevelandandbeyond.net. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.